0: Welcome to The Democracy Group, a network of podcasts about democracy, civic engagement, and civil discourse. In this feed, you will find a sampling of episodes from our podcasts in The Democracy Group, as well as recordings from our events. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please visit democracygroup.org to find more like this. Now let's get to our featured episode. And when people are like, so what do you think about this? what do you think about this? What's your thoughts on this bill that's going through during this legislative session? Usually my response is, I would love to have you over for dinner and talk about it. The Village Square, a nervy bunch of
1: liberals and conservatives who believe that disagreement and dialogue make for a good conversation, a good country and a good time. At the Village Square, we talk about politics, religion, and race. You know, the
0: topics your mom taught you never to discuss in polite company. Listen, at the Village Square, we make pigs fly.
1: Welcome to Village Squarecast. This is Vanessa Rouse. Thanks for joining us for 100 Coffees with Alex Workman where we get to learn from a guy who's made a commitment to get to know the people of his community through real in person connections. He took a leap of faith and opened up his calendar to complete strangers, welcoming them in for coffee and conversation. We asked Alex to come on the show to share about his coffee project, because we think he put some of our very best advice into action. Spending time with people of various backgrounds and viewpoints, leading with relationships before issues, and connecting in a fun social setting, all things that are part of the Village Square model. So that's why we're so excited for you to meet Alex Workman, because he shows us how simple it can be to come together with our neighbors to create a stronger community. And he inspires us to get started. Alex happens to live in our hometown, but his concept and wisdom can be replicated anywhere in the world, and we think the world would be a much better place if his coffee project spread like wildfire to all corners of the globe. So let's bring Alex in, but first, a huge thank you to Florida Humanities for partnering with us to present this podcast series You can find them online at floridahumanities.org to check out all their fantastic work. Also, by the way, this is exclusive podcast content, a bonus episode outside of our normal programming. So you're stuck with me for the duration. Let's get to it. Hey, Alex, how are you?
0: Doing well, thanks. How about yourself?
1: Great. Thanks so much for joining us on Village Squarecast.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure.
1: Awesome. Well, so I just wanted to tell you real fast, like why it is that we thought it was so important to talk to you. We are finding that, you know, it's really easy to talk about like theory and hear the advice on like how we break down divisions, but When the rubber meets the road in your own life, it can be really scary to take that step and like make it happen. And so we saw your coffee project that we're going to talk a lot more about. And we said, Hey, here's a guy who's making it happen in his own life who makes it a priority. And we really just think it's very important to talk to regular people who are out there making these connections, getting to know people in their community, breaking down divisions
0: and all that. So yeah, I believe in our community. And I I think it's cliche to say there's more that unites us than divides us. But it's amazing when we live out what we say we believe.
1: That's fantastic. So before we get into your coffee project, just tell me real quick, the little elevator speech on. Alex Workman, who are you?
0: So my wife Chelsea and I have lived in Tallahassee since 2014. Uh, We have three little gremlins: uh, a six-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and an 18-month-old. And And we love them, and they turn our hair gray, and it's fantastic. But we full-time we are we do commercial editorial photography, and we get to work with people all over. The United States um, in lots of different sectors, mainly uh, in politics and magazines. We do a lot of magazine work and um, we have a blast. We uh, get to travel around drinking coffee and, you know, in and, and doing it as a family. And that's a really important to us is to uh, create to create as a family.
1: That's awesome. I love how your answer started with family. And I see that in your life. It's it seems like that's the priority. So that's great.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, our logo is quite literally a caricature of our family. And so it's uh, it's it's fun to see how that's evolved over the years from like one kid to three. And now like we as we have like designers redraw our family as you know, the kids change and it, and it's really fun.
1: Right. That's so great. Is, is three it or are you gonna have to revise your logo again?
0: There will be no further children coming out of my wife.
1: (laughs) 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 All right. All right. So tell us about your coffee project of last year and tell us what it is and why you did it.
0: Well, soon after like moving to Tallahassee, we realized that we didn't really know anybody and that facilitating community in our own lives was really really difficult and we we made a decision to start some family rules and that was have coffee with someone that you've never met every week and have someone over for dinner every week and so we have been doing that for about six years um sans covid for a little bit on the on the dinner the dinner thing but we ultimately you know created outdoor spaces so we could have dinners outside and we, we really wanted to, to we that was a value for us and we really wanted to make sure that we did everything we possibly could to live that out and then as a very much an extrovert uh quarantine was like my worst nightmare uh i thrive around people i thrive around busyness i thrive around you know i find peace in the middle of like the streets of new york city um i get stressed out in small town florida so it was, I think it was January 4th. I was sitting at Paper Fox Coffee RIP and I texted my wife and I said, Hey, babe, I'm going to have coffee with a hundred random people this year. And you're my number one. So drive over here so I can take your picture first. And, uh, I ultimately said, uh, I want to hold myself accountable. I want to take a, a, a picture of every person I have coffee with. I want to share it on social so that those in the community I could not only spread the uh the reach of this idea but also have accountability to actually doing it and uh, I also created just a public calendar that had no like any anyone could sign up at calendar.we're the workmans.com and i ult- i ultimately had coffee with about 220 people in 2021. I think we took about 163 pictures. Some people, we didn't want their photo taken. Some people, we just forgot. Conversation was just like too good. Some people, um, there was was a few folks that I had a memory card go bad. And so that was quite unfortunate, but um the the official number is uh, 163 i think but uh, it, it was it was an exciting journey because we had this opportunity i had this opportunity and chelsea joined me for a number of them but to connect with people that we have known for multiple years reconnect with them after you know what the pandemic had done to um not connecting as often connecting with people that i might be i might had been friends with on social media for years and never actually had a real conversation and also sitting down with people that I quite literally had never heard of. And it was all surrounded about this idea in my head that I believe as a community, Tallahassee is is a, is a place where people are known of, but not known. And I think that's the insular small town nature. It's easy to hear about other people. It's easy to see maybe on someone else's newsfeed about what they did with somebody else, but to actually get to know someone's story, to understand them as a a human, as a father, as a husband, as a mother, as a wife, whatever it might be outside of what the internet algorithm self that often that gets portrayed. So it it was important for me to to do that. And it was uh, exhausting at times. Not every conversation is easy but I think it also um, allowed me to have a better understanding of the community that we call home.
1: Right. I can see that it could be exhausting. That's almost like a coffee a day or maybe it's a coffee every business day or something. I mean, that's incredible. That's a huge number. It's amazing. And, um, you know, I just think it's remarkable. We feel like you put our best advice into action and you weren't even taking the advice from us. It's amazing. But that would be that, you know, spending time with people, humanizing them, just like you said. And it's really important. And, you know, a lot of people think that in order to do that, you have to like dive into the issues, dive into where you're different. And really just spending the time together, doing any kind of random thing. Coffee is a great example. Uh, And then as your relationship grows, Develop. Sometimes you get into more about the differences, uh, but also it's not really necessary. the The work, the divisions, really come down. The walls come down when we just get to know people. So, hundred percent remarkable. It's so great. Yeah,
0: especially in a town that's so politically charged that it's easy to have preconceived walls about people based on position, based on party, based on what, whatever we think um, that wall should be that oftentimes never actually exists and I think if we could break down our own uh, nature of, of of wall building in our minds then I, then I think there we could we could build a better community that way
1: right right absolutely and I mean it's worth saying that what you put in place here I think really works anywhere. Um, I think it's a common thing that we're known of rather than being known, just like you said, and just the way that we're living our lives these days. We're so busy. It's easier to connect online where you don't really get to know somebody. Um, And so I think that is it's really transferable to any community. And that's why I want to talk to you just to help motivate people and give them this idea. So thank well, you.
0: I, I also believe like in 2022, we wear busyness as a badge of honor, and i i believe that like my wife and i own a business we have three small kids life is nuts but i believe that we all have margin and it's a matter of how we're disciplined with our time and how we're intentional about scheduling our time to facilitate community in our in our own lives and I remember I was sitting down having coffee with someone and, and she goes, man, I could never do this. I really, I wish, I wish I could. And I said, well, why can't you, why can't you devote an hour a week to connect with somebody? Even if it's not people that you, maybe it, like connect with people that you don't know is not comfortable, but connect with people who you do know and, and have like face-to-face community. And she goes, I'm just busy. And I said, hold up you know, I said, take out your phone. She's like, okay, this is weird. But I said, go to settings, go to battery and tell me how much time you spent on your phone or tell me how much time you spent on social media. Right. And we added up like just Facebook and Instagram. And it was like 17 hours in the last week she spent on Facebook. And and I said, well, you know, that's cool. Why don't you spend 15 hours on Facebook next week and go have coffee with one person? And then it was this moment of, Oh, wow, this is possible. And I think it's easy to write the idea of commitment off. Uh, at, at the beginning, maybe our thinking is it's, it's difficult or I can't do it. But I, I truly believe that we all have margin. And I really believe that the, the, the intentionality behind connection is so valuable and that return on the investment of your time, it pays dividends.
1: Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. So that leads to a question I was just kind of curious about is what about for you and social media? Because I imagine with your work, you have to be really present there and it's, it's designed to suck you in. It's designed yeah. to take your time that you don't really even realize you're giving that much time. And so how do you, do you intentionally make limits or how do you manage that?
0: Yeah. So both Chelsea and I, we actually have we don't keep social media on our phones um at all and we uh we will have like an old iphone or like an old device that we keep social on so there's this like extra step if i want to if i want to check social or if i want to do something i have to like grab get the other phone connect to a hot spot and then and then use it so it, instead of just being a, a convenience where i can just swipe open my phone and and start scrolling there's like the these there's multiple steps f- that I have to take in order to to gain that access and it, even though those steps aren't difficult because sometimes in the world today those things are necessary but it it gives me those moments to mentally think do I need to do this right now is 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 this the wise like we ask our kids all the time are you making a wise choice and instead of saying is that good or bad is this a good idea or Bad. we always like like i want to i want to make wise choices with my time because I, w- I want my kids to know like being a present dad's most important thing in the world to me being a present husband's the most important thing in the world to me and so i don't want my wife or my kids to ever believe that my device is more important than them
1: that's amazing oh i love it that's so great I deleted Facebook for I don't Facebook's the only thing that I use and in large part because I'm trying to limit I don't want to get sucked into another app. But anyway, I deleted it from my phone and replaced the location where it used to be. I put our local newspaper app there instead. And so like anytime I had the urge to go look at Facebook, I was like, Oh, I need to go read the news instead. Um, well, then eventually, because of work reasons, I put it back on my phone. And it's on the last page. And now I'm just in the habit where I just like scroll to the last page of my apps and go to Facebook. So it's time for me to reset again. (laughs) And that's a really good idea. Good tip.
0: There's actually like an old, there's a Goodwill that's like all electronics. And I mean, for not a lot of money, you could get an iPod touch or an old iPhone and, you know, keep that in your bag. And that's like your social device. Right. So it's accessible when necessary, but it's also there's a there's a barrier, and I think I think that's important. Like we all need accountability. I mean, my my wife has access to all of my stuff, and I have access to all of her stuff. Like I, I want to make sure that that in the in the things that I do online, there's accountability to that as well. Right, integrity is huge and important, especially as a business owner and uh, as a husband. I want to, I never want my wife to feel like that I'm hiding anything from her.
1: Right, right. Also important. So about your coffee project, you wrote up kind of some some lessons learned, some uh, reflections after it was over. Not that it's really over. I know you continue to have coffee with people.
0: Coffee is like a, a life necessity for us, you know? Three, right. Yeah.
1: So you wrote up some reflections and here are a couple of things that like really stood out to me. You said... People want to solve a problem, but they often rely on someone else to do something about it. And this time, the problem is that we live in a world where it's easier to share your opinion or go on a rant behind a keyboard without ever talking to a person face to face. We may not be able to solve the world's problems, but we can start by having conversations and getting to know people we may not know or may not agree with. This is the part that I especially love. It's okay to disagree and still be friends. It's okay to have differing opinions and leave the conversation as a better person than when you got there. We want to build a better community and the place to start is by getting to know the people who live here. Beautiful.
0: When we moved to Tallahassee, we started this project called Aerial Tallahassee where we we didn't know anything about our city. I remember sitting on Wikipedia and Googling Tallahassee because it's like the first thing that comes up when you type in Tallahassee uh, in Google. And I remember Chelsea and I are like, Tom Brown Park, I wonder what that is. And so we bought a drone and we started taking pictures of the city because it forced us to explore this new place that we called home. But it very quickly kind of turned for us like... That this thought that perspective is everything. And we were looking at our community quite literally from a different perspective. And I think connecting with different people, especially like if a conversation turns to something that has to do with policy or like political ideology, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with one's lived experience. And I'm, when we, when I t- have conversations about policy with people, I often like to ask, like, how did you get there? Um, what made you form that series of beliefs? Cause, cause if the answer is like, I don't know, then I like to like probe and be annoying. Right. But oftentimes it's this is something that happened in my own life that shaped. Needs in my life that shaped how this how this idea of this specific policy was formed and I think once we hear somebody's lived experience we can find grace for that lived experience now we might not agree on on that specific policy because we ultimately all have different lived experiences but. It's easier to say, I understand why you believe what you believe. And oftentimes that 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 understanding of the why doesn't come across on somebody's Facebook post. Right. Whether it might be like a local issue or a statewide issue or a national issue. And I think... It's important to have conversations with one another in our community about policy. I think it's important to have those conversations in as as one on ones or small groups. That's not I don't think big forums of political discourse is, is he- often healthy because oftentimes it's people ganging up on one another. But I, it, it's in those moments that are often somewhat intimate, learning about details of one's life that we could say, OK, now now I've gained grace. Um, and I and I understand I think a lot of policy disagreement doesn't come from policy itself, but it comes from one's lack of consistency. And I think if if we are consistent in ideology, not picking and choosing what policy fits in a certain bucket based on a particular party platform at that particular time, then it's it then it's easier to say, man, I understand where you're coming from. Because you've been consistent, uh, and and that was one of the things about the coffee project for me. Like people might not agree with everything I do or everything I say, and and that's obviously okay. But I want people to know that, to the best of my ability, I want to live out what I say, I believe, and I want people to think about me that that at least, to the best of my ability, I'm consistent in in how I speak, what I speak about. The, the things that I, I communicate are important. And I believe that if, if I as an individual can maintain that consistency in my life from my home life to my work life to my friends life to random podcast life, that th- that's just, that's important.
1: Right. Right. That, that's amazing. And I agree completely that you really can't get down to somebody's lived experience without having those personal interactions. So that's fantastic. And I would just add to that, that we're so in our in our bubbles and our silos now that the dialogue that we hear from the people who benefit from us being divided um, politically, is that, you know, the other side is evil. We're not representing, you know, the the good or the the are the valid arguments on the other side. And so we show up with a position that's skewed based on, you know, what our side is saying. And so having those conversations, I think it's just amazing. That's what's one of the main things I've gotten from the village square is, it's opened up my mind to other perspectives that I had no idea were that weren't represented in my own life. And so sure. I have all these moments. I mean, just like, almost daily, where I see things or hear things and I hear them differently than I would have before. So um, I think it's remarkable. And I think what you have done also for all the 200 plus people that you met with, you know, is remarkable as well. So that's fantastic.
0: And I believe it's possible for each one of us to to make margin and make a commitment to facilitate community in our own lives. Right and i and i believe like that's when it goes back to waiting on other people to solve problems it's really easy to look at like local government and say oh i've got a problem you should solve it or what, what whatever group of whatever body whatever like you know collective group of people like someone should do something about that and if we as a community make a commitment to connect with one another then when a need arises there's it's it's really easy to go through the mental rolodex and say okay I need to connect you with this person because I think that that you guys could benefit from each other. Right, right. And that 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 had that was a result of having coffee with people. I mean, there were people that we ended up having coffee again with and connecting two different people that I had random coffees with because it was valuable for them to get to know one another.
1: Right. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Alex Workman. We are thrilled to highlight someone who is actively working to break down divisions in his own life. And we're breaking in here for just a moment to introduce you to another guy who's also making it happen. We recently met Corey Nathan, host of a podcast we think you'll love. It's called "Talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. Sounds familiar, right y'all? Just like us. Corey throws out mom's old advice of avoiding the topics of politics and religion. He noticed that the loudest, most extreme voices were taking over the whole space, the village square, if you will. And he was determined to show there's a better way on talking politics and religion without killing each other. They take some of the space back because politics and religion are too important to allow the screamers out there to drown out the rest of us. So if you appreciate engaging, provocative, and fun conversations about important topics, you'll love talking politics and religion without killing each other. Host Corey Nathan brings in wonderful guests on each episode from elected officials to renowned academics, from brilliant writers to prominent faith leaders. And check this out. Every time I listen, I feel like I can see Corey's smile coming through the airwaves. His positive approach lifts up my day, and I think you'll feel the same. You can find them on Apple, Spotify, and all the major podcast apps, or on their website at politicsandreligion.us. That's politicsandreligion.us. And remember, it's called talking Politics and Religion Without Killing Each Other. And we sure could use some more of that. So, so with your business, yeah. Here we are in this little community of of blue that leans blue, in a hu- wider area that leans red. And um, you, among other things, you photograph and video people in politics on both sides of the aisle. So, how has that been? Have you? How do you um, balance? and do you get kind of pigeonholed into (laughs) one or the other
0: i i think that um (laughs) us getting into the world of politics was kind of just an accident it was something that we we sought out to be in i think we we just wanted to create good art and uh, you know be one thing led to another and saying yes to a, a crazy idea and someone saying hey can you do this and Knowing that I have no idea how to do it. And I'm like, of course I can do that. Yeah, let, like let's do it. And I go home and I tell my wife, I go, hey, babe, um, I committed us to do something that we've never done before and have no idea how to do it. So let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and um the very first thing that we ever worked on in, in state politics was the I photographed the inauguration for um ag commissioner Nikki Freed. And uh, I had no idea who she was. I literally got a phone call the night before from uh, someone in her campaign and uh, that that moment was like oh hey are you free tomorrow I was like sure um, okay cool can you meet Nikki uh, tomorrow morning and I'm like who's Nikki because I was just disengaged f- from the political standpoint and I really tried to talk them out of hiring I was like I don't do politics it's not my thing right like, you know you should probably hire somebody who is known and Finally, I was like, OK, I'm going to I'll do it. And so fast forward a few weeks, we ended up photographing um, Governor DeSantis and his wife. And at the time, their two kids and it was their first um, portraits in office. And I remember like I was very specifically getting a phone call saying, hey, like you better not do that. If you <laughs> want to be successful in Tallahassee, like you don't photograph a Democrat and then photograph a Republican. And I was like, okay, like I I had no perspective, right? I had no perspective. And for me, maybe it's just, I didn't know the rules. And so that didn't, that didn't matter. But I I remember sharing with Chelsea and we were like, well, uh, we're not going to pick a side because I, you know, I really, I really do believe that everyone is valuable. I don't, I don't think it's an us versus them. You know what? I believe that, that people are valuable. I believe no matter what side of the aisle you're on, like you should expect good art. And, and, and as a professional, I want to create art that, that conveys that. I, I don't think just somebody who's conservative deserves to look beautiful or someone who is progressive deserves to look beautiful. Like y- y- we can create beauty no matter what our ideology is.
1: And so it's worked for you. I love that, you know, it was a quote unquote rule and uh, just continue to be a rule breaker. That's what we need because who made that rule anyway? That's part of that's part of our problem. I think the-
0: oftentimes like rules are never rules, but they're assumptions and I don't I don't think it was like disrespectful to like challenge the fake rule. But like we we just didn't see that as a barrier in the way that we did business. Now, if, if we were making campaign ads, it would always be very different no Republican consultant is going to hire someone who makes like ads for Democrats. That just doesn't work that way. But, but we've tried to be very like neutral in the, the art that we create. And, and I think, I think it's been beneficial for us.
1: Yeah. That's so great. So how do you stay out of the weeds? Like, how do you keep from being labeled one side or the other?
0: I think it's important when, whether we engage with people as friends, on a personal level, clients, um, on a photo shoot, whatever it might be, I, I don't think it's beneficial to dive into policy discussion, especially with people that I may have not met before. What's important is I want people to know about my love for my wife and my love for my kids and my desire to create great art. And I, w- I want I want the first impression of Alex to be those elements of father and husband and business owner and citizen of Tallahassee. I don't want them to be, insert political label here, right? And and when people are like, so what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What's your thoughts on this bill that's going through during this legislative session? Usually my response is, I would love to have you over for dinner and talk about it. Um, I just think... If, uh, if, if I want to live out what I say I believe, I have to have the discipline in my own life to not engage in political discourse in moments where there probably isn't the time to dive into one's lived experience. Because I think in order to have productive conversations, we have to dive into the why. Why? And dive into the lived experience so then we can have an understanding for one another of how we got there. And I don't think that can happen very easily, especially while I'm working. It's my, While I'm working, it's my job to create the best art possible, not engage in political banter.
1: Right, right. That makes now, sense. Now,
0: I also understand that I'm pretty good at just making a fool of myself. You know, I, I, you know, being in front of a camera is a vulnerable place. And, um, especially when you're, you have a giant lens right up by someone's face. It's, it's, it's vulnerable. It's intimate. It's like, they're like, wow. Oftentimes we travel with like big screens. So people could see photos of themselves very quickly. And they're like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? You know, I love when people say, I hate getting my picture taken. And it's like, okay, now you're like stroking my ego. Like, let's, let's go and i i want to make sure that i'm focused on that now there'll definitely be times where i'll joke about policy or i'll make i'll make like obnoxious comments but not out of this like let's let's dive into this deeper but more of to invoke emotion um from my subject
1: right right maybe to lighten things up yes or, or whatever Yeah, that's amazing. And it also kind of reminds me of one of my pet peeves is, you know, in our two party system, it's like, if you're in this bucket, you're supposed to believe all the things that that side believes and vice versa. And, and it's like what you're getting to here about the why and the lived experience. It's like, we can't possibly be in the bucket with all with half of America, you know, and so I think just peeling back the layers and getting down you know talking about specific things when well i you believe the, the average
0: american doesn't know a hundred percent of what a particular party's platform even is let alone going down that list and checking the boxes and oftentimes it's those loud issues that define people they're like you know this is my one issue i'm a one issue voter but uh, i my wife my wife says it best. I think she she goes. I believe that that voting is like getting on a bus. You don't take a bus to go from a bus isn't an Uber, right? You don't take it from your house to the, your destination. You have to travel to the bus stop, and then you take the bus route that gets you as close to your destination, and then you have to walk from there. Mm. And I and I believe that that that's a great analogy on how we should approach voting and how we should approach researching candidates. What what work have I done in my own life to research the issues and the candidate that gets me to the bus stop? And then which candidate do I believe gets me as close to the destination? And then knowing that I got to put forth the work to get from the 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 bus stop to my destination.
1: Right. That's fantastic. And there's
0: there there should that that, that conveys like self responsibility, and it goes back to this idea like I should not rely on elected officials to solve my problems. Right. If I rely on elected officials to solve my problems, I'm going to be a miserable human being.
1: I love that analogy. It's fantastic. And um, just your answer there about how you uh, you know like to actually sit down and talk with people and kind of get to know them better, or whatever, reminds me of something else you told me about how when you work with somebody, you invite them over to dinner. And I love that so much because what we have, what we know from what I have come to know from working here at the village square is that, um, research and observation shows us that just spending time together, doing random things, like we talked about your coffee project or working out or a sporting event or whatever, that those things do so much, um, to bring down divisions and, you know, you guys having people over for dinner and breaking bread together is another key component of what we do at the village square and what we feel like is really the answer. So that's remarkable.
0: Yeah. And, and that, that helps us live out our family rules of, you know, having someone over for dinner every week. And that, that's really important to us.
1: Any stories along the, the dinner, you know, anything's been awkward. Things been good.
0: Uh, I, I'll say like, you, you know, when we first, Started doing this consistently. We had a newborn. It was our first child, and things were a whole lot easier with like one small kid who can't move. And I remember we would like clean our house. We would go get fresh flowers. We would have appetizers and whatever it might be. Right. And then now when we invite people over, we're like, there's probably going to be laundry on the floor. There's probably going to be a naked child running around. Um, May the odds be ever in your favor, but we'd love to have you. And, but I, but I also think that like I don't want to posture. I don't want to pretend to be someone that I'm not. I want to be the same person I am at my dinner table. And when I'm working, I understand my place and I understand like how to be, I don't want to be disrespectful, but um, we live in a town that blows a lot of smoke up your skirt. And I believe that w- we can never get to great if we started ideal we have to start at real and it, real real and ideal are 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 in in tension with one another and it's easy in our political discourse to hear elected officials say here's all the great things great 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 i think unfortunately today you you there's also another side that everything's just bad 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 and I, I think i don't think that's healthy I don't think either side's healthy. I think it's saying, hey, we have to begin at real. Because if, if, if we aren't truthful with ourselves about the needs in our community, about the challenges of our community, as well as the, the wins and the successes of our community, then we're never going to build a better community. It was this, this mindset when we moved to Tallahassee from Atlanta thinking, wow, like Tallahassee doesn't have this, it doesn't have this, I wish Tallahassee had this, Tallahassee should do this, to wow, look at all the assets that our community does have. And how how can I engage in those and in creating intentional rhythms in my life and in our family's life to experience the assets of our community, but also build the community that we want to live in. I think for us, it was this thought where we have to learn to love where we live. And now it's, we want to build the city that we want to live in, build the community that we want to live in. And, and those, that was, that was like this progression of, of our lived experiences here in Tallahassee. And I, I think it's okay to complain. And I think it's okay to, to, to challenge the status quo. But I, I think when the status quo gets challenged, there should always be a responsibility to come to the table with a solution or come to the table with an idea instead of saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. You should do something about it. Right. Um, it should be like, hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to put my time where my mouth is. I'm going to put my effort where my mouth is. And uh, and that goes back to the idea of like, well, let's live out what we say we believe instead of have this expectation or this entitlement for someone else to solve it for us.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Well, I know we're talking about um, this. You're doing this here in Tallahassee, But um, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is just because we think what you're doing here, anybody can do in their own community. And we're all, you know, kind of struggling with the same, not just in America, unfortunately, everywhere all over the world, we're dealing with a lot of divisions. And so this is really you're creating a model here of what um of what people can really do anywhere. And one of the one of the stories you told me when we had coffee that I just absolutely loved was um, you were talking about somebody that you had over for dinner. It was a pretty well known person that seemed to have, you know, a lot of connections. And a little while in, you know, this person says to you, hey, now that we're friends, can I ask your advice on something? And, you know, you were kind of feeling like, hey, we're, we're kind of new at this, but that's cool or whatever. And um, it just really reminds me of, again, a lot of things that are, you know, experts that come in and talk to us here at the Village Square talk about. Um, we had a, a recent guy on, Clay Jenkinson, and he challenged us to ask, he asked us, how many true conversations do you have in a year? And then um, another one that I love is we recently had Arthur Brooks on talking about happiness and he talked about real friends versus deal friends. And I think your observation there about, you know, this person who was, you know, hey, let's now that we're friends, let me ask your advice. It's just kind of indicative of the state of our relationships. Sometimes we go through, you know, life just busy, busy, busy. And when do you slow down to have those like real connections and that it's fewer and far between than than they should be, than we like. And you guys are here intentionally creating that in your lives. So, I think it's amazing. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I think there are a lot of transactional relationships. And like my wife used to work for an author named John Maxwell. He does like leadership stuff. But I remember hearing him talk one time about Positional leadership versus relational leadership, and positional leadership always has a lid that can only be removed by relational leadership. And one's position, whether it's an elected position or an appointed position or whatever it might be, will only will only get someone so far. And I I have observed that oftentimes some of those some of that leadership is dictated by position and not relationship. And uh, I think it's important to um, have real friends and not like transactional friends. And I, that's also a challenge. Like that's, that's f- for me to have the discipline, to have community with people and not ask for anything. Right. It's a responsibility and a discipline. Uh, it takes, it takes um, having reservations. And oftentimes like we'll be having dinner and someone wants to ask about, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. And I'll be like, that's awesome. Can we, like, get coffee or can we connect at another time and, like, be intentional about talking business? And right. I think it's having that discipline. And sometimes I'll, like, get excited and I'll talk about it. And Chelsea will, like, help help me keep that, that idea in check, right? She, as any good wife does, she keeps me humble. And I, and that that's definitely important and needed in my life. <laughs> And that would be like a challenge for, for all those who are listening, like, how can we be disciplined in, in the relationships that we have to, to facilitate moments where the community that we have is not transactional.
1: Awesome. So, um, because we think so much of what you've been doing here, uh, we have asked you to work with us on a project and thank you for saying yes. Yes. It's uh, sort of a social cohesion project, but our really more fun name for it is the Kevin Bacon Project. And that would be because of this, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon and how we're all a little bit more connected than it might feel and seem. So tell us about this project and uh, what it means to you and how you're going to be involved.
0: As I was kind of wrapping up this hundred coffees idea, I, I had these conversations with my wife about, hey, I wonder if. I wonder what would happen if we challenged other people to do the same thing. And we had these grand ideas of like making a promo video and doing this and and saying, Hey, in 2022, what's it going to take to create, to make a commitment, to get a hundred people to commit to have coffee or beer or pizza or tacos, like whatever it might be to, to facilitate community in their own lives, like once a week and life happened. And, holidays happened and travel happened and just kind of never COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And we never got there, but it was what, what was cool is uh, sitting down and talking to Liz and her saying, here's some desires and ideas that we have. It like quite literally lined up with things that Chelsea and I were already talking about. And, and I think what, Going back to like, like earlier when we were talking about this belief that everyone has margin, I think it's how could we as like individuals who went on this journey share our tips and tricks and best practices of how we've learned how to, how to navigate this and village square having this idea uh, and this infrastructure to be able to help facilitate. It uh it, it's it's but it's really cool and, and I and I'm excited to see our community. I'm excited to see the staff of the Village Square and the board of the Village Square take on this challenge in their own lives to live out what they say they believe.
1: That's fantastic. Well, by the way, so um we were kind of looking through the list of the people that you had met with during your coffee and our board chair, Thomas Whitley, was like number three. And then there were other uh, board members on the list, too. So we were like, hey, look at this, our board. We're so proud of you guys. You're just, you're on it before yeah. even, it wasn't an assignment. They just wanted to show up and do this, too. So we love, um, we feel like it's just an amazing partnership that, you know, you were already doing this. We had this um, really incredible opportunity to be one of two communities nationwide. Uh, where, uh, they're gonna study the political divisions and, uh, efforts to break that down and kind of a before and after, like, what did, what's the result of these efforts to, um, you know, be a little more connected and understanding people and all that. And so, um, this is the perfect kind of opening. I mean, it's the way, like, we have been talking about this, but really the Village Squares model has to do with almost always we, have uh, food involved. We break bread together. We have some kind of, you know, it feels like a social event. It is a social event, but also we're talking about important issues. And so it's just, it's a great partnership. We really appreciate you being involved and we look forward to seeing how this Kevin Bacon project works out and and noticing how we're all a little more connected than
0: than it feels a lot of times. Well, we're here to serve and we're grateful for the opportunity to help like push that needle um, for people to not just be known of, but to be known.
1: Fantastic. That's so great. We should tell people that you have a whole write up of the other lessons that you learned you kind of had we we touched on a few of them but uh really you've written a lot more about your project and the takeaways the reflections and so tell us that website real fast yeah
0: folks can go to we are the w-e-a-r-e-t-h-e-w-o-r-k-m-a-n-s dot com and under uh other projects you could see a number of the community projects we've been a part of 100 coffees is right up there on the top and that kind of has all the portraits that I took of people I had coffee with, as well as uh, 10 different random thoughts uh, from along the journey.
1: Including a, a charge, of a suggestion about how people can do this themselves. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Thank you for being a leader in this space and, and doing your own work.
0: Well, thank you for the opportunity to share the story.
1: Thanks for listening to this chat with Alex Workman. We hope as you move forward in the next days and weeks, you'll think back to Alex's words and let them inspire you to take further action in your own life. It's already worked on me. I've had this idea for a while now to start sort of a podcast version of a book club to explore some of these topics that are critical to our democracy. But you know, I'm busy along with the rest of you. So it was stuck as an idea in my head for months. But now after talking with Alex, I just keep hearing his words ring in my head. We all have margin in our lives. Be intentional about living out what you say you believe, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm finally making it happen. I kicked it off last week and every single person I reached out to said yes. And I think that means we're all hungry for thoughtful conversations and true connections. All right. Now here's a question for you guys. As you were listening to this, did you feel like Alex's wife, Chelsea was sort of there with us? Well, guess what? She was. We did this interview at their house and she was right there working away on her laptop right next to us. And there was an adorable toddler in the mix. And there was life happening all around, just as Alex described earlier. I love this so much because just as he said, his family really is front and center in his life, clearly the top priority, but that still doesn't stand in the way of living a full life. It's just like they're right there, part of everything. And this has inspired me too, because you know what? My house is not perfect on any day of the week. And I do allow that to be a barrier in having people over, which is sad. So I'm going to try to change my thinking on this. And I've already made a deal with a friend. She's a newer friend over the last year or so. And by the way, she's a friend across the aisle. And I love hanging out with her so much. But we've never been to each other's houses. She feels like hers is in the middle of a multi-year renovation, and I feel like mine is just generally too out of sorts for a spontaneous happy hour. So we both decided to be more like Alex and invite each other over anyway. I hope Alex has inspired you in some way too, and if he has, tell us about it. You can find us on social media or online at villagesquare.us. That's also where you can go to sign up for our newsletter, which is the best way to stay up to date with everything happening at the Village Square. While you're online, head on over to Floridahumanities.org to check out the great work happening at Florida Humanities, our partner in this podcast series. We're so thankful to them for their support and partnership. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend hit that subscribe button, or leave us a review. It all helps tremendously. We appreciate you listening to 100 Coffees with Alex Workman. Until next time, we challenge you to reach out with an open heart and mind to someone who doesn't look or think like you. It changes everything. We'll talk to you soon. And thanks for listening to Village Squarecast.